It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. Hey, Aaron. <laughs> hey, hold on a second here. Let me turn off the recording. Okay, I think I've got it. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, good. Hi. Thanks for coming by. I really appreciate uh, what you're doing. Great. Well, likewise. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen your uh, your. How long have you been uh, doing a room here? Um, I guess since maybe February. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised that I haven't run into it. I'm always interested in people who are doing anything that involves the voice or language. Uh, my my particular thing is language itself and the way language influences our uh, the way we create reality for ourselves. But you're doing something quite a bit different than I am, and so that's always interesting to me to. Well, yeah. uh, to, to see something that sort of complements what I, I, mean, I think we complement each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that I hope. Well, tell me more about and what is what is gendo and what does that mean? Well, gendo is a, and, a word I made up. It's a Japanese word. It means literally a way of language. It it, it goes with words like aikido and judo and you know things like that. Yeah, yeah. Judo is the gentle way, and Aikido is the way of energy, and Bushido is the way of the warrior, and Gendo is the way of language. I see. Yeah. And uh, basically, I mean, to sum up what I've been working on is it it turns out, well, what I would say, I I think you're probably aware of this, I'd say probably 98% of humans 98% 98% of the time live in a linguistically induced trance state that uh, they actually are identified with the voice in their head and they think that's who they are. Uh, and that's built into the structure of the language. When we learn language as a child, uh, the way the pronoun I functions and everything uh, leads, literally ends up entrancing us. And few people ever wake up from that more right. more now right. in the past but um, so and I would say that a, the, a large part of what the old traditions that speak about enlightenment and awakening the the awakening is literally liberation from uh, the trance of language and so have you found ways for um, awakening people from that trance well, um, that's I'm still working on this. But my my sense is that uh, it, there's a sort of paradoxical thing involved here because what the eye that most people think they are actually doesn't even exist. But it's difficult to tell somebody that they don't exist. You know, the one. Who is the one who is waking up? That's the issue. The one who seeks enlightenment will never become enlightened because 
uh, that person or that, that entity actually doesn't exist. It's a fiction of language. And the one who wakes up is the only one who ever existed anyway. Mm. So I don't think, uh, I think, I don't use the word God. I like the word Bob. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there are lots of words for that thing. And when it wants to wake up, it wakes up. Not what God, I do, pardon not, me? Not God, but what? Bob. Bob? B-O-B? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it sounds sort of like God, but it has more sense of humor in it. <laughs> you know, I mean, the word God has just become meaningless, I think. You know, it's just that word is so tired. Yeah, but we need some way to refer to the the creator of all reality. But uh, I'm never happy with any of the words. Bob just sort of reminds me that we don't really have any kind of intellectual understanding of that stuff at all. So Bob's sort of silly enough to to give me a little humility when I speak about Bob. <laughs> so, excuse me, excuse, excuse me, uh, thirty seconds. I'm sitting in a Starbucks and my drink just came up, so I'm going to go get it. I'll be right back. Okay. Snip. Hello. Here. Okay, and I wanted. To, uh, by the way. Um, God, oh, I can't remember Beckham's name. Chirag, I think it was. Chirag, I'm sorry. I, I've got. I see you've dialed in, um, but I haven't turned your mic on because I I really wanted to talk with. Um, and what is your name? Shall I call you Cosmic or what do I call you? It's DL. DL. Is that? Am I saying that correctly? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. DL. Yeah. And I, I, I usually, I've, I've sort of developed a style here over the years, and I really just do one-on-ones because if three of us are talking, it tends to not go as deeply as it can when there's just two people. So, I mean, maybe that's my limitation, but I'm comfortable with that. Sometimes I turn on more than one mic, and maybe at the end here we might do that, but for right now... Uh, I'm going to deal with DL and uh, and see where this goes. How much time do you have to talk, DL? Well, I have till about 7:30, and then I really need to go. So. What well, what time is it? The, 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 oh, you're somewhere. <laughs> that's you're on the east coast. Yeah, um, yeah. So Eastern time. Okay, so that's uh, yeah. Okay, so seven thirty. Yeah. So anyway, that's like thirty, twenty minutes or something like that from now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good, because I'm on the west coast. Okay. Where Where are you? I'm in California. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now that I have my drink, um, I forgot where we were. <laughs> well, you know, I had asked you if you found a way to. Um, to help people. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, we're yeah. in a dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and my, my sense is, you know, I I used to teach English as a second language, and uh, well, I still do that actually. I, I specialize in speaking and hearing skills, and I always tell my students in that way that in fact I can't teach English. I don't teach English. What I can do is help them learn English more effectively if that's what they want to do. But ultimately, it's up to them to learn English. All I can do is help them do that if they want to do that. And, I, and it's really the same thing 
with this uh, awakening stuff. Uh, I can't wake anybody up. I can I can basically teach them how to remove some of the obstacles that language puts in the way of their waking up. And if they choose to do that, then um, that's their business. My sense is from looking and dealing with this over the lot of years is that a lot of people say they're interested in waking up, but they really aren't. Mm. You know, they have the tools, but they don't actually do what it takes to uh, to do it. If, and again, this gets back to this whole idea: is who's who's really doing the universe? Who is who is looking through my eyes? Who is looking through your eyes? If it's Bob, then Bob's going to wake up whenever the hell Bob wants to wake up. <laughs> you know, indeed. And I think a lot of people don't. I mean, I think uh, one of the points of the universe is to, um, it's sort of like when we go to the movies, you know, we abandon our sense of self and give ourselves over to the illusion of the movie because it's fun. And um, and I think there's some of that in the nature of the universe that Bob abandons his true nature and pretends that he's you and me so that he can have all these great adventures and um, and in a lot of cases, he's absolutely committed to the illusion because that's what he's here to do. <laughs> you know, I mean, okay. what's the point of having a universe anyway? Well, can I ask you a question that just popped into my head, and it's something that I've been working with trying to understand on a deeper level, and that is the um, the whole Tower of Babel thing in the Bible. Uh-huh. Um, you have a a take on what that really means and <laughs> I don't no. know anything no, to I say don't. about it. You don't? Yeah. Okay. No, that, I mean, I, I, I do have some thoughts on on it. I mean, in fact, I'm reading a book right now on that claims to really question the whole concepts of how language evolved to begin with. And there's mm-hmm. no generally accepted theories about how language evolved at all or even how old it is. I mean, uh, some people think language is maybe only 100,000 years old. Other people think its roots go back millions of years, and they've all you know, got their opinions and their, <laughs> their facts and everything. But language is one of the great mysteries. It's just how it got to be here this way. You know? Nobody really knows. All these languages, all these different languages, where did they come from? Nobody knows. I doubt if the, I mean, I, I, I actually, I'm not that familiar with the Tower of Babel thing, but that, uh, that God, I, I think the story is that he gave every, all these different languages to obstruct people's attempts to, to become godlike. I mean, is that well, sort right. of the... Okay, that, that touches on what you said that sparked my question, because you said, you know, Bob, if Bob is the one looking through our eyes. Bob's not going to wake up until Bob is good and ready. And that made me think, okay, um, well then, you know, does that relate to the story of Babel, um, that we were maybe on the verge of discovering Bob? (laughs) Uh, And, you know, I I don't think we ever were closer. I I think we're closer now than we've ever been. I think there have been individuals throughout, history, probably for the last 100,000 years at least, who have uh, woken up from the trance of language. 
uh, and some of those individuals have become quite famous, okay, and, and have had religions named after them. Uh, but I think there are more people awake today than there have ever been. I think uh, there's a tiny percentage, it's probably way less than 1%, probably less than a tenth of 1%. But in, in gross numbers, that's huge. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there were more than a million enlightened beings on this planet right now. That's still vanishingly small out of six and a half billion, but, you know, um, I'm expecting uh, an outbreak, if you will, of enlightenment uh, or awakening uh, over the next 30 to 50 years on this planet. I expect that virtually every human being alive 40 or 50 years from now will be every bit as awake as Buddha or Jesus or any other enlightened master ever was. That's a wonderful thought. Oh, it's awesome. And there, and you see it all over. The, I mean, once you start seeing this stuff, you can see it, the signs of it. It's all over the place. Like I say, right now, it's a, a small percentage of the total, but the signs seem to be there that it's growing rapidly. Well, hey, I, I typed your question. How do you define enlightenment? Oh, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to stay away from that. Well, you know, actually, well, you, I mean, I could, I could define it more mundanely, and it really, I would just say it's, um, yeah, I mean, enlightenment, waking up, if you will, from the trance, uh, is is a big deal at the moment you wake up from it. But 20 years after you woke up, it's just like regular life. You know, I mean, enlightenment's really cool. When, you know, it's like if you take an aspirin, if you've got a really big headache, then then you have this great relief, you know, when the pain goes away. But if you're not in pain after a while, then an aspirin is pointless, and, and you're not really reveling in the absence of pain. It's just sort of normal life. So for me, the word enlightenment, actually, I don't usually use that. I don't like that word. I do think you can talk about waking up from the trance that we have been living in, though. And how do you define that trance? It's the voice in your head. Uh, there's only one? <laughs> well, no, there, well, you know, it, you're right. Very good. Yes, there can be. Um, well, in fact, I would say that you know, you're familiar with the whole concept of so-called multiple personality disorder or there's a number of different names of that. I would say that people who are diagnosed with uh, that, that their their real problem is that they don't have enough personalities, that a, a healthy person has uh, probably tens or hundreds of very subtly graded uh, different personalities that they move back and forth between. You know, when I'm at work, uh, I really am a different person than when I'm sitting here in Starbucks. Uh, and when you change jobs, you know, it's difficult until you actually develop a new personality to deal with the new situations. Everything's very awkward at first. But a couple of months later, uh, you've developed a whole new personality that, that blends into a new environment. And healthy people do that easily. But uh, some people, because they usually had a lot of trauma in early childhood, lose the ability to generate new personalities and uh, they've only got 10 or 20, and they're, and they're ill-prepared personalities. They're childish, uh, adolescent personalities 
And they're usually okay until they leave home. As long as they're in, living with their parents and in high school or college, they can do okay with those personalities. But the minute they get out into the real world, they start running into problems and eventually end up hospitalized. And so you're right, there are many voices. But it all comes from a single language machine in your head. Yeah, and yeah. I, the, the problem is that we have been trained by the language that is literally imposed on our brains as infants uh, to identify with that voice. And we think that voice is me. We think, I said that. I must believe what I just said mm-hmm. and because I said it. But once you realize that I didn't say it, that's just my language machine generating language the way it's been programmed to do, that is um, waking up. Yeah, and at that point you're in a, it, you, at that point you have the ability to begin to reprogram it. Right. Yeah, I see the power in that. I, I like your identi- you, you identify it as the language mechanism, did you it's say? The language I call I call it the language machine. Machine, okay. Language yeah, machine. It, and it is. I mean it's just it's it is a machine and, and its operating system is English in, in your case and mine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and English carries a whole bunch of assumptions, metaphysical and epistemological assumptions about the nature of reality that are just plain wrong. Like, um, I think it was Buckminster Fuller when he said that there's no such thing as up. Yeah, right. Have you ever heard that? Oh, yeah, I'm quite familiar with Fuller. Have you read Fuller, too? He's a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I was, uh, well, there is. A, I mean, relatively speaking, there is up here on the surface of the planet. But I mean, if you want to talk about in any kind of larger perspective, of course, up is nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's not nonsense here on the surface of Earth. You drop something and it falls down. Right. But in terms of the fact that we're poking out into space. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, in or out, well, that's all, those are all in uh, reference to Earth. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's the thing is that up makes no sense without the context it's in. Up is some sort of absolute idea is just a silly idea, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to something you said, which was, you know, if you get a new job, you need a new personality sort of thing. And so do you think that, the the danger that people have is believing in these personalities that they develop? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say that most people, what they take to be their deepest, most selfiest self is really nothing more than an act that they have taken on. And they've become identified with it, and often they'll go to their grave. They will die to defend that act because they think that's who they are. Right. You ask good questions. I like that. <laughs> well, this is great. I love this kind of stuff. I knew you would. The minute I, you know, when I saw you, when I saw your uh, your show, I was, I thought, okay, this is interesting. I want to I want to hear what she has to say. Well, I, at first I read your stuff, you know, and uh, you, you, I'm a little more on the. What's the word I'm looking for? At least from what I read, I was thinking you were going to be a little bit airy-fairy for me. 
<laughs> as they say, you know. Yeah, I understand. But, you know, you probably heard, you've heard that before, I'm sure. I tend <laughs> yeah. to think of myself as very grounded, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that now. That's what I say. The minute I heard you talk, I, I realized uh, that I was wrong about you know, that, that I had misinterpreted you. Because, I mean, the fact that you use grammar precisely uh, is something that at least impresses me because most people are, I mean, their language machines really are not well-trained. Yours is well-trained, and uh, I always appreciate that. Anyway, having heard you talk for a few minutes, I, I realized that you and I were going to get along. <laughs> so are you familiar with something called cymatics? Called what? Cymatics. Cyn- cyn- spell it for me. I just Cymatics? C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-S. No, no, I haven't. Cymatics. Yeah. Hold on. No, never heard of it, but it shouldn't take me very long to, uh, you know, well, I'll, I'll <laughs> to find out. I, I'll tell you a little bit about it, and, and then you can okay. look at it. It might give you some, some new fuel for your uh, your intellectual career yeah. here. <laughs> um, yeah. Hans Jenny was a scientist who wanted to study the effect of tones on matter, and so he came up with this, these vibratory plates that he hooked up to sine waves, and he put materials on top of the plates, like sand and, I don't know, granules of different things. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And he, uh-huh. he would feed the sine wave into the plate, and a geometric pattern would shape on the plate. Right. So what he, what he showed was that, and, and it was all repeatable, that certain tones create certain... Patterns, uh, yeah. Patterns, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and I see language as, you know, obviously language being a sound, it has the same effect. I think that we are um, somehow creating our reality with every word, with every noun, with every verb, with every yeah. preposition yeah. that we use. We're actually um, kind of like, I don't know what you're, reinforcing this yeah. illusion. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, see, I, I've I've really sort of limited myself to one particular level. This is why I was interested in talking to you because we're both dealing with sound and language, but you're looking at it from a very different level than I'm looking. At. I'm I'm looking at it in terms of particular words and assumptions that go with particular words in the language and the way we put it together. And you're looking at it at a sort of more fundamental level of the sound characteristics and and that. So that's why, like I said, I thought it might be interesting for us to talk because we're really, you know, and, but all these levels co-mingle and interpenetrate one another too. So, but I don't know much about the stuff for, that you're talking about. So... You know, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I would love to hear, um, before I go, some books that you might recommend or some of your favorite authors oh, on this better, topic. Uh, well, uh, what I will do is just give you a – I have my bibliography on my website. Uh, okay. So hold on a second, and I'll just give you a link to the bibliography. Because I, I have done a, a whole lot of um, – 
thinking about all this stuff, and there's a large bibliography. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with Alan Watts? Um, not. I haven't read any of his work, but yeah, I've heard of him. Okay. Um, he was. I always tell people that Alan Watts got my spiritual virginity. Uh, uh, when I was 21, I mean, I was interested in really nothing but cars and TV and sex. And uh, it was a very through a strange set of circumstances. One of his books ended up with me, and uh, it woke me up. He, Alan Watts was the guy who woke me up from the trance. And um, and so he was very important. And then I say, like the Alfred or Alan Watts got my spiritual virginity, and Alfred Korzybski knocked me up. <laughs> Alfred Korzybski was the guy who who showed me that. Li- I mean, when I woke up because of Alan Watts, I didn't really know why I did or what it all meant. I just knew that I wasn't the same person I used to be, and I w- and I knew that I didn't know anything. Uh, but Alfred Korzybski pointed me in the direction of language and showed me the importance of language and how language itself uh, is is a sort of instrument of the trance and how to extricate yourself from that. So those are the two most important writers, Korzybski and Watts. But on that list there, you'll see lots of other things. Okay, great. Well, I appreciate that. Oh, I appreciate that you asked because, well, you know, you, apparently you're a reader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll that's good. Too much. <laughs> do, you, do you have a bibliography too? Um, I do, and it's not on my website. So, um, but you know, I'll okay, tell well, you. That's your assignment. <laughs> that's my assignment. Yeah. Um, the, the author that I wrote on online when I was doing my show was. Uh, Whoops, I spelled it wrong. It's it's actually oh, yeah. Hadrat Iniat Khan, <laughs> trying yeah, to multitask. Right. But yeah. uh, he's one of probably my favorite author. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, you said cymatics with an M. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, okay. I got it wrong. I thought it was with an N. I, and I did a search. There is some stuff on the on the web about cymatics, <laughs> but I, I didn't. Okay. Okay. Cymatics has actually got a wiki, uh, a Wikipedia entry. So, all right. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll take a look into. Yeah, there wasn't much on cymatics, and I was sort of reached a dead end on that. Okay. Good. Just give me something to read. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm a reader too, as you can see from the bibliography. And I just, in fact, I just cleaned my uh, my room, my lab the other day because uh, I have books all over the place, and I've got about. Ten books. I stacked them on my on a table. They're the ones I I have to read, <laughs> you know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were all spread around, and I knew they were there somewhere. So I got them all in one place, so I could see just what's ahead of me. Wow, well, you you certainly kept good track of all the things you've been reading. <laughs> well, and some, some of them are familiar, yeah. so that's good. Some of them are what? Familiar. I read. Um, oh yeah. Well, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. The Tower of Physics. That was one of the first books I ever read on this. Ah. Yeah. That was a while ago. Yeah. 
May I and ask how old you are? Um, thir- uh, <laughs> I have to think about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm either 40 or 41, something like that. Okay. Really? You know, I, I think I was, uh, I remember, I don't remember how old I was, but I remember the first time somebody asked me how old I was, and I and I didn't know. <laughs> I was like in my late 20s or 30s or something or other, and I had to calculate how old I was. <laughs> and that sort yeah. of shocked me, that, because often my whole life up until that time, anybody asked me how old I was, I could tell them easily. And <laughs> that one time, was, wait a minute, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm 63. Yeah. Are you? Okay, I thought you can count a long time ago, so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, hey, I gotta go. Oh, it is time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, DL. Am I pronouncing that properly? DL? That's that's correct. Okay, DL. You certainly don't sound like you're from North Carolina. Well, I wasn't here. I'm I'm a transplant. (laughs) From where? Um, From, well... I was born in Connecticut, so that explains my addiction, and um, I grew up in New Mexico. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, because you sure as hell don't sound like somebody from North Carolina. (laughs) Why? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. DL, thank you for... Y'all have a good night. Yeah, yeah, y'all uh, call again. I, listen, I'm here almost every day, except for Tuesday and Thursday at this time. I'd be happy to talk to you anytime, and I look forward to our uh, to our next encounter. So Likewise. enjoy your evening. Thank you. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.